Well, good afternoon. We are back. If only Sheffield United could be as active as us. In this episode, myself, James, and we'll be joined, myself and James will be joined by Chris Holt, the Stars Sports Editor, to discuss our hopes, dreams, and expectations for the Blades in 2022. James, uh, apart from actually seeing some football, uh, what does success look like for Sheffield United in the next 12 months? Lovely intro, that, by the way, Steve. Have you been, uh, have you been rehearsing that one? Well, no, it didn't sound like it because I, I messed up, but no, I did, did write a few notes down, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, can you can you repeat the question, Steve? Sorry, yeah. What does success look like in um in the next... Well, should we start by, we'll say the rest of this season? Yeah, well, it, I think we can describe that in a word, can't we? And that's promotion. Uh, at the minute, success feels like actually being able to play a game of football and fingers crossed Sheffield United will be able to do that on Sunday. Uh I think it's uh, it's a crying shame. It's not something I uh, I agree with, but I think it's uh, an indication of where a lot of clubs view the FA Cup now. That there's no <laughs> there's no indication that this game's going to be called off, and I I do suspect even if there was uh, twenty positive tests within each squad's uh, sort of training camp, that the match would uh, the match would still go ahead. But no, joking aside, Steve. In a word, promotion. In a couple more words, or a few more words, a return to the Premier League. That's more than a few, isn't it? But you know what I mean. Yeah. Chris, is it, do you think it's promotion at all costs this year for, for Sheffield United? Um, I think that probably has been tempered a little bit by the start. Well, actually, I'm not sure they would have gone all in with promotion at all costs, but they probably felt a little bit more confident at the start of the season than perhaps they do now. Although obviously Paul Heckenbottom's start the start that he's had since he's taken over has maybe lifted the spirits a little bit um, behind the scenes at Sheffield United as well. So I, w- I don't think it's promotion at all costs, but we we know what this division is like, and even you know down another division as, as Sheffield United has seen. Once you get stuck outside the Premier League, it it becomes more and more difficult to to get back in there because. Well, you, you, you've got always you've got strong strong teams coming down who, who are more than likely going to put up a challenge. Plus, there's always somebody coming from behind you to 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 make a, a push for it as well. So, while I wouldn't say it's promotion at all costs this season, you wouldn't want to be hanging around too long. Um, I would suggest if they don't manage it this year, um. And I think they can, by the way. But if they don't manage it this year, then it's going to be a strange one because I can see there being a very big upheaval in the squad next summer, um, which could go either way. As we know, you could you could you know, we're talking about the possibility of having upwards of six, seven, eight potential new faces coming in the club in the summer, which could work really, really well. And and you set a basis for going up, and and everything goes great, or they find it difficult to jail, and, and in which case you're in that um, transition stage, which it seems to be a, a, um, a trend among teams at the minute, um, whereby they use it as an excuse, really, where managers certainly do, where they say, oh, yeah, we're going through a bit of a transition here, and um, watch us in a couple of years' time, but you don't want to be having it, having to wait a couple of years' time because, as I said as I said earlier, it becomes even more difficult for you to actually pull yourselves into where you want to be. 
I, I don't think it's promotion at all costs. I, I I agree with Chris, but I do think it's if you look, if you read sort of the mood music around Bramall Lane, if you if you read between the lines, which you've got to do, uh, when it comes to some of the things that the clubs talked about, some of the the issues that they discussed when Paul was appointed in November. What I will say is I do think this is possibly their best chance of promotion for a couple of years. Uh, I've said it before, it's not being a miserable old so-and-so, which I know I can be at times on these podcasts, but I don't think any football club, as, as good an idea as it is, and as much as I think it's the right thing to do, I do not think any football club in the Championship that has an awful lot of money to spend, and let's be honest, money is still the thing that is the best guide to a team's success. Not the only guide, but it's still one of the best and most reliable. I don't think if Sheffield United had fortunes to spend, they would be borrowing against transfer fees and they would be talking about placing such a heavy emphasis on developing young talent. So I think, you know, listen, this is just stating the bleeding obvious. The longer they stay in the championship, the more costs are going to have to start getting cut the more budgets are going to have to start getting trimmed so i do think this is their best chance of going up hopefully i'm wrong if they don't do it that is yeah chris obviously i think it's 12 years both times have been relegated from the premier league that's how long it's taken them to get back there uh, i know no one wants to sort of answer this question but do you, is there a part of you that worries it might take that long again maybe if not this season you know could you see obviously next year it's, it's the unknown isn't it really I, you, you don't know. It, it could easily it could easily happen, or they could go up this year again, or they could go up next year. You know, I, I agree with James in, in in a sense that it's the best chance, not just for all the reasons that he said, but also because I'm actually not convinced that it's the most challenging of divisions this year, mm-hmm. bar two, three teams at a at a at a push, and um, and that third team being West Brom, who I think aren't quite as uh well they're certainly not as consistent as the other two teams above, above them so I, I do think that there's a, a really good chance for for Sheffield United there because of the I wouldn't say lack in quality but I just think I, I just think there's been much more difficult championship divisions over the past I don't know 10 years or five years whatever whatever you you might say and oh. um, uh, I've forgotten what exactly you, t- you asked me there. Oh, would it take as long as, as as 12 years? It could do. It could do. As, G- as James said there, you could find yourself in a position where you're, maybe if you don't go up this year, things become a bit more difficult. You're, as James said again, your your budgets are cut. You've got few, less money to spend. You've got probably fewer players. You've got, you might not have quite as many young kids coming through because you're cutting money from the academy as well for, for various reasons and, and all these things kind of add up to leave you in a kind of a, a, a kind of static position really where you kind of just end up treading water a little bit and that's why I, I, I mean I don't know why it is the case that Sheffield United and, and indeed it's the same across town with Sheffield Wednesday as well why you've got two such big clubs who really just can't find themselves in a position where they're able to 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 stay in in the top flight um but that that's for another time i think i think i think we could have a week's worth of podcasts on that 
Beat the Guinness Book of Records for the longest podcast in history with that one, I think. James, you alluded to this. Um, it's the FA Cup this weekend. We hope we hope it goes ahead on Sunday. But is an FA Cup run in Sheffield United's best interest, given, like you say, it's all about promoting this season? Uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, I mean, listen, th th this is an important game, actually, this one coming up on Sunday for a couple of reasons. One, call me an old-fashioned guy or whatever you want. Guy probably being more polite than I sometimes get. <laughs> but, you know, the FA Cup's an important competition. It really is. Uh, you know, it, it really, really does get my goat when I hear managers sort of talking it up and saying, oh, it's the greatest domestic cup competition in the world and we should be really proud of it. And then, you know, despite the fact of everything I've said about the importance of youth development, sticking eight teenagers in the starting eleven, probably seven of whom have never kicked a ball for their football club before. Uh, but it's it's important because Sheffield United just, I mean, blimey, I probably didn't have any grey hairs the last time they, they pl actually played a game of football. So momentum is obviously an issue for, for Paul Heckingbottom. He's spoken about this. That's clearly one of the reasons why he's been so frustrated with all of these postponements. So, you know, the way to get that momentum back, the way to carry that momentum on, the way to build it is, is to win games of football. You know, that, that issue about momentum will become even bigger if they get beaten at Mullinew. They're not going to be the favourites, but, you know, that is that is a fact. And I'm not going all Kevin Keegan there or Rafa Benitez, sorry. That, that, that is just a fact. That is just the way it is. They they do need to win this game to, uh, to keep that momentum going. But, you know, I, I really don't buy this argument that, Oh, you know, you, you can't do both and squad sizes now mean that it's impossible to get a run in the FA Cup and, you know, it's got to be all in on promotion. Absolute nonsense. And I'll tell you what, Sheffield United, they know that better than anybody because you've only got to go back to Nigel Clough's reign when he took over a team that, you know, let's be honest, was going down. It was going down into League Two. It was on its could use a word beginning with A, but it was on, I'll use one with B, it was on its backside, both in terms of result, in terms of team spirit, and in terms of the mood in that dressing room. And one of the things that helped that club go on such a remarkable run and very, very nearly qualify for the playoffs was that march into the semi-finals of the FA Cup. Resounding that, Chris. If a, league, if, a league, if a League One Sheffield United side can do it, why can't a Championship Sheffield United side? United don't have a small squad, really. No. You know, it, they've got players who need to play. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, okay, fair enough. They're not coming down with central defenders, um, so might struggle a little bit at the back. But in other areas of the pitch, I mean, you. They could probably they could probably field an FA Cup team which which would be fairly strong, particularly at the top end of the pitch. So it's not, you know, I certainly from from this weekend's case, it, it, he he will and he has to play his strongest team as if he was playing Preston or Hull uh, last week because for a start, as James says, those players need games. Um, but as well as that, 
he needs again as James says they need to rebuild this momentum and he does the last thing he want to do is go from playing so well to having no games and then coming straight back in to a defeat because you're trying to lift everybody again and and yeah you know, maybe further down the line when all of these rearranged matches start being played and maybe it might bite a little bit in terms of injuries and fatigue in the squad but certainly from this weekend's point of view you will see a, well i can't guarantee that because i don't know what paul's thinking but i would be absolutely stunned if the very best Sheffield united team that is available is not playing on, yeah, on I, Sunday. I, I i totally agree i totally agree otherwise you know listen and this isn't a dig at paul and I think he's quite right to express concerns about momentum at the moment and the effect that the postponements have had on his team. But to be honest, if he then selects a side and loads his bench with, with first-team players and effectively it's players on the periphery of his starting eleven who actually begin the game at Molyneux, you know, I don't mean it's an horrible way to the guy, but I'll stop listening to that talk about yeah. momentum. And I think a lot of fans will as well, because it's either an issue or it isn't. And if it is an issue, which I believe it is, he has to play. And I think yeah. he will play. A he can't, he can't, he can't complain about not having games no. and, get one and, put, and put a second-string team in. And 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 the and the other thing as well, just going back to the, the broader point or the broader question you were asking, Steve, the, the last time I looked, Sheffield United were describing themselves as an ambitious, progressive and, you know, successful football club. Well, what a surprise. Teams that are ambitious and that are successful, they end up playing more games than other clubs because they tend to go deep into tournaments. Yeah. Paul Thomas says they definitely need to play the best team available on Sunday. We haven't played for three weeks, so fitness needs to be restored and game time. Chris, do you think they will hit the ground running when they return to action? It's been obviously a long time since Fulham. It, it's hard to say. I, it, I, you, I don't think you can you can call that really. They, you may find that they're absolutely so up for it that they they run all over Wolves. Well, you know, I can't necessarily say it, but you, or it might take this much to find their feet again. It, 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 you, do, you just don't know. Some teams. I know I've found it difficult again without talking too much about other teams close by. Um, Wednesday have obviously found it difficult when they've when they've come back into action and lost two games on the trot with two shocking performances. Um, so it, it can happen. You know, whenever you're not playing for a while, it might take a little a little while to find your feet again. Then again, that's not to say that that is the case for everyone. United United could just go in and be as good as they had been um, before they were forced to forced to break. James, I feel like another talking point in 2022 might be the goalkeeper situation. Um, obviously, Wes Fodderham's got the shirt for now. Uh, obviously, we know they've got the um, the chap in on loan who, embarrassingly, his name escapes me. Um, Robin that's, that's Yeah, we'll move on quickly. But goalkeeper situation, where do you, how do you see that one developing over the next few months? I mean, if Fodderham does well between now and the end of the season or however long he's in for is he the medium term long term solution well performances will decide i mean listen at the moment wes has done nothing to warrant being dropped 
so I think he, you know, he he should continue in goal. And you know, if Robin Olsen was in was in Wes's position, he would expect the same treatment. I think, you know, Wes, it, we're not talking about one or two games here now. I, I go back, you know, and again, I've, and I've mentioned this before. He's equipped, experience-wise, Wes Fodringham. I mean. So to handle the challenge in front of him, because if you can play for Rangers, you can play for any other club in the country in terms of that that pressure and that weight of expectation. But we're not talking about a goalkeeper coming in and doing well for just you know ninety or one hundred and eighty minutes here. Wes has done consistently well since he stepped into the side. So I think if he if he did find himself dropped for the for the championship games, then I think he's got every right and possibly will do, even though I know he's a he's, he's a nice he's a nice lad. I think he's got every right to go knocking on the manager's door and saying, listen, what's going on here? And is there something written into Robbins Olsen's contract that means he must play? Uh so you know Wes has earned the right to continue between the posts. Robin Olsen is a is a far better goalkeeper than he's shown so far. He's not been disastrous, but he's he's not been great. I think he'll admit that himself. But, you know, we were saying the same thing about Aaron Ramsdale this time last year and things haven't worked out too badly for him. So it goes to show that, you know, form isn't something that's permanent with footballers. They all go through peaks and troughs. And I think Robin's going through a little trough now or will it has been before he was injured. But, listen, in terms of going right back to the start and what was probably the thrust of your question, Steve. Yeah, of course the goalkeeper situation is going to be an issue because Robin Olsen isn't Sheffield United's player. I think it's fair to say that whilst they're a championship club, they're going to, if, if they did want to make the deal permanent, they're going to find it very difficult to match the wages that he's getting at the Stadio Olimpico. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. They'll probably find it very difficult to cover his transfer fee as well. So they are going to have to look at bringing a, bringing a goalkeeper in. And this is just one of the reasons why, and I know I've been criticised for it in the past, but I'm genuinely not being sort of miserable. I'm just trying to be constructive. This is one of the reasons why Sheffield United have got to lessen their reliance on loans. Because all it does, unless you're using it to embellish a squad or solve a sort of a you know a, a medium to short term or short term to medium term solution sorry you know all you end up doing is kicking a kicking a can down the road so yes they do need to bring another goalkeeper in whoever that is we don't know yet but it, so it, it will be an issue in 2022 yes albeit probably not quite the same issue that you were referring to if you get my drift no, I hear you there. Uh, Christopher Barton, obviously, he claims that Ramsdale slated the club in a recent interview. Chris, that might be taking it a touch too far, but obviously he did admit that, I think, essentially he refused to play or left the stadium. Um, did that surprise you to hear any of that in that interview? I didn't think it was needless. Or, sorry, I, th I thought it was needless. I don't think there was any need for him to, to do it, really. It, it struck me as a young goalkeeper showing off in front of a experienced goalkeeper with you know is it's Ben Foster isn't it is it Ben Foster yeah it's Ben Foster's podcast right but Ben Foster's podcast I, th I think it was, there was a bit of uh, bravado from from Aaron um knowing that he would 
be getting the type of response from uh, Ben that might might stroke his ego a little bit and just um, just a bit of showing off, really. Um, and it does leave a, a sour taste because the majority, the vast majority of Sheffield United fans stuck by him when when he had a wobble at the start of the season when he first when he first came back to the club. They stuck by him, and that was repaid in performances that he, that that he put in, which eventually saw him get the move. Um, yes, okay, maybe the process in in him going to Arsenal wasn't to his liking, or it didn't move as quickly as he would have liked, or or he felt that he was being um, had hurdles put in his way. But that's football, you know. That the United were perfectly within their rights to get the best possible deal that that they wanted for a player who they they put a lot of faith in and paid a lot of money for just a year or so previous. So, um, yeah, I don't think there was any need for it because it was while he probably thought that he was having a go at the people in charge of the club. Um, what he ended up doing was kind of ruining the legacy and the relationship that he probably had with Sheffield United fans, which, you know, there was just no need for him to do. And now um, they have quite rightly, certainly if social media is anything to go by, have, have, have vastly changed their opinion of him. I think it showed three, maybe four. Uh, I haven't actually counted the... Uh... The issues I'm just going to mention, but I think it showed some really important things that demonstrate some really important things. That interview, I, I agree with Chris uh, with everything that he said about the the piece. I think it shows that probably Aaron Ramsdale needs to ditch Romelu Lukaku as his media trainer. To be fair, <laughs> I think it also shows that, and I wasn't. I'm, I'm aware I'm. You know, I wasn't sat around the table when this was discussed, although I think I do remember writing at the time that Aaron was, was making it a lot more difficult than perhaps many people realised behind the scenes in terms of trying to force that move through. I think it it goes to show that the comment that he said that really got his back up about where we didn't expect him to take a wage cut when he was letting in goals left, right and centre. I know I'm paraphrasing there goes to show that rightly or wrongly, perhaps somebody at Sheffield United who's dealing with these situations just needs to be a little bit more aware about sort of how egos can work within a dressing room as well. And sometimes you've maybe just got to hold your nose a little bit and say things that you, you perhaps don't quite mean to placate players. But I think the most important thing it showed was if anybody was in any doubt about what a ruthless dog-eat-dog game this is, and why those of us in this business get increasingly cynical when we see players kissing badges and and talk. And listen, there are exceptions, but why we get so cynical when we see players kissing badges and talking about how they've always loved the football club, etc., etc., etc. Why we just sort of laugh at this really is because you know the chain of events Aaron was describing just goes to show this is a selfish, ruthless dog eat dog business football. And the players, the players have all the power. I think that's that's what it shows. He decided he wasn't going to play that day. From that moment, he was no longer a Sheffield United player. That there's there's no going back. Well, there should be no going back. Um, 
sometimes it does but it never really works out so um as as soon as you do that that that's it done and and that move was was happening from then on whether whether Sheffield United really liked it or not another issue that comes to the fore in 2022 um James I don't want to trigger you too much the s word strategy um <laughs> are you anticipating this to kind of rear its head again in the next few months particularly perhaps if the plays don't go up yeah absolutely uh I mean hopefully uh it rears its head the s word <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully it rears it said if they do go up because you know they, they're going to have to have a, a strategy for you know to to try and sort of survive in the in the Premier League as well uh, and hopefully that's going to be an issue but listen I, I, I can remember having a little bit of a verbal joust as it were with a, with a member of the board he, he, he knows who he is uh, when Paul was appointed and again, it's not. It, it wasn't because I was trying to be sort of deliberately awkward, but it was. It was just trying to get some answers to some questions and probably make a make a point of my own. But you know, he said, "Well, these strategies evolve over time." Well, yeah, I get that, and I understand why, and I know the point it was making. But I think it's fair to say they can't evolve too much because otherwise there is no strategy, and all you're doing is just reacting to a to a chain of events. Uh, but we all know what that is. It's developing young players. It's, it's, it's signing players at a, at a good price. And then, and there's no shame in this. This isn't me having a dig actually, but then moving them on, uh, you know, at a, at a, at a, at a good profit and then repeating the process over and over again. That doesn't mean to say you're a, well, of course you are a selling club, but that's what happens at every, just about every football club in you know in the game today so that's that's not a bad thing but you know paul is a good thinker paul heckingbottom that is he's a good thinker he's got some really good ideas but the acid test for sheffield united you can sit and talk about strategy all day everybody on this we, we can all do it on this podcast everybody watching it can do it everybody listening can do it we can all come up with some great ideas and some really sort of, you know, really good insights into how Sheffield United can maximise and make the most of their potential. But the acid test is is ultimately going to be whether whether the manager's actually allowed to carry that strategy out and whether Sheffield United follow it or not. So, yeah, again, it will be something that we talk about during 2022, either for good reasons or for bad. Right. Let's wrap up then. I'll put you both on the spot. Chris, we'll start with you. Predictions for the second half of the season. Um, can they get promoted this this year? Uh, yes. <laughs> I will elaborate on that. I'll just yeah. Um, or automatic promotion. I, I think I think they can. Um, fire playoffs. I would I would imagine. I certainly do think it. Uh, we're in the unknown a little bit here because we just don't know how United are going to react to this this enforced break that they've had if they come back from this and hit the ground running i fully expect them to be in the top six by the end of the season um if it takes them a little while to get going again i'm not too sure again it depends on everybody else really but certainly if you'd have asked me 
a month ago before before the break. I would say before they were due to play uh, Preston or whoever it was they were supposed to play. Yeah, Preston. If you'd have asked me then, do I think Sheffield United in that form that I'd just seen and having just watched them against Fulham, if I thought that they were going to finish in the top six, I would be unequivocal in my belief that that would be the case. I'm just not sure because of that break that they've had. Um, so we'll wait and see. You can ask me in a few weeks' time. Okay. James, don't duck this one. No, yeah. I think, yeah. I think Sheffield United can. I don't think, I think the automatic places have gone, personally. But I think the league tables, listen, excuse the football in pump, but the league table means sweet FA at the moment. I think outside of the top two anyway, I think it's so difficult to read because, you know, the calendar's been, well, it's been wrecked, hasn't it? But yeah, Sheffield United can go up. Of course they can. Agree with Chris. I think that's more than likely, or, or or it will be if they do do it through the playoffs. I can't see him getting into the top two. Uh, the one thing I will say is as well, not only have they got to sort of, you know, hit the ground running again very, very quickly in order to do that because, you know, despite the fact they've got a lot of games in hand, they still need to win those games. I think the other thing that I will say is as much as I think Illiman and Dye is going to be the long-term answer or the medium-term answer even to this solution, I think in order to do it, they've got to make sure or try and make sure and encourage Wolves to uh, not only... Uh, make sure that Morgan Gibbs-White is in a position to come back firing on all cylinders, but that, that happens as quickly as possible as well. Because he's a big, big player for him. Dress it up how you want, but, you know, he's he's been the difference in so many games this season. Yeah, well, touch wood. I mean, he won't be involved this weekend, but hopefully he's not out for too long. Well, that wraps us up for today, but thanks as always for listening and for your interaction. We'll be back next week after the Wolves game, hopefully if that one goes ahead. See you soon.